This podcast is supported by Patreon. You can show your support on patreon.com slash toadsanime and get four early episodes a month for just a few bucks. Plus it helps Ryan buy Digimon toys. Alternatively, spend it on something more important. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Toad on Games for 2021. And what a what a fab year it's been so far already. Just just great. Um toads falling from the sky and great stuff. Um <laughs> with me today, um I have the wonderful Push Dustin. Hello there. Hello. And I've only just thought now that I've said it is mm-hmm. in my mind it's it's not push dust in as three separate words. But for some reason, it's push dust in. It's actually uh, three separate words. I don't know why that's never occurred to me before. So um, my actual first name is Will. Will. Will or <laughs> just dust. Yeah. <laughs> or in. <laughs> I, or maybe or in. in. I don't know. Um, do you want to maybe um, just very briefly explain to people um, a little bit about who you are and what, what you do and that sort of stuff? Sure. So um, if I have my years correct, um, about six years ago... I started uh, Source Gaming, which was a website that was dedicated to going back to the source and like um, retranslating stuff and um, investigating things. So the first post I actually did was based on uh, Twilight Princess. And then around the same time, we had Smash 4 Wii U and 3DS uh, coming out very soon. And I became very, very interested in that speculation and the rumors and the leaks and, and stuff like that. So... I went back and and uh, read through all of Sakurai's comments on basically you know everything he said over the years, and that's when I compiled this um, this list of unused characters uh, for Smash, and um, I was able to correct a lot of uh, misinformation that had kind of persisted for a long long time, and that's where um, I really got got started as a content creator. Uh, I, I ran Source Gaming for I think five years. And then um, in twenty in twenty twenty, I left and started doing uh, digital gaming uh, full time. And then uh, very recently, I joined Q Games as a part time employee. Cool, awesome stuff. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot to there's a lot to go over there. I mean, um, yeah, obviously, I, I originally know you from from Source Gaming mm-hmm. and sort of the uh, the work you did on that and stuff. And I've always found it interesting that a lot of the sort of um, material that you you translated and the stuff you researched and put out and stuff Mm -hmm. um i always feel like chances are people listening to this have probably read it without even realizing sometimes Mm -hmm. because you haven't been credited (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but they 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 are probably aware of some of the information that that you've put together Mm -hmm. yeah so basically for uh five years i was the main resource of smash news on the internet uh Mm. and i think i can say that pretty confidently uh, if you if you actually look at old Smash articles, they'll almost always link to uh, Source Gaming or to myself for uh, at least five year a five year period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was incredibly pro- prolific. Yeah, and uh, during that time, I was leading a team of translators. We had uh, about six translators at the height of Source Gaming, and we would tackle translations together. And they were really, high, uh, I think, really high quality for being made available for free on the internet. Uh, we would do full translations. Uh, I think we did about 50 or 100 uh, Sakurai, full Sakurai column translations on Source Gaming. Oh, wow. Okay. So it, you I can actually go through and, and read. Because uh, 
uh, Masahiro Sakurai, the creator of um, Smash Brothers and, and Kirby, he has written over uh, five, well over 500 columns uh, uh, that he publishes on a bi-weekly basis in uh, Famitsu. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think before Source Gaming, a lot of people didn't really realize that he was writing these, but uh, occasionally they would get translated by major web outlets like uh, Kotaku and, and Polygon, but they would kind of do it like a feature. They'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, Masahiro Sakurai really likes Steam or, or something like that. Uh, but I don't, I don't think re- people realize that they ha- he had this uh, weekly column that he was actually talking about random topics a- a- every two weeks. And so uh, with Source Gaming, we were able to kind of get on top of that, uh, stay on top of that for the duration of, of Smash for uh, 3DS and Wii U, as well as uh, Smash Ultimate, and then also go back and translate some of the more important ones. Oh, okay. So you'd actually go back and translate pa- like past ones as well. Yes. So we we actually translated, like, uh, we translate a full column that uh, Sakurai talks about uh, Katamari Damashi, for example, or mm. um, you know, talking about a desk that he bought <laughs> in like <laughs> back in like two thousand two thousand two or something like that. Oh, I love it. His his columns really did cover everything then, from Katamari to desk. Yeah. Very very important. <laughs> Uh, I, I, there's a column I, I think that we unfortunately did not translate that I, I really want to get to someday where he talks about KFC customer service. <laughs> oh, please do that. <laughs> I know that's very important to you in, in particular. Absolutely. Big KFC fan. Yeah, yeah I, I really do like your KFC shirt and pants and stuff like that. I... <laughs> I regret it. I regret that. Oh, no, I love that outfit, but it's so odd that now, whenever anything KFC related happens on Twitter, um, <laughs> I will have people at me be like, Ryan, this looks like it's for you. <laughs> Especially now that they're going with the KFC console and everything. Yeah, it just brings the whole the two worlds together. There Now I can't escape it. Now it really is truly gaming. Um, yeah, for context, I have like KFC outfit i don't know why i thought it was funny at the time and now it's my life um i, I also i think it's hilarious and I, I would totally wear it to be honest uh i i that's me in general just like wearing grotesque like gaudy yeah. disgusting outfits um i don't know why i dig it now that's that's my <laughs> life now um <laughs> but yes i would love to i'd love to genuinely read what sakurai's thoughts are on the kfc customer service mm-hmm. um important work very important. Yeah, he, he tends to, you know, relate all, a lot of these odd topics to the gaming industry. So if I remember correctly, for the KFC one, he talks about uh, the title of the column is uh, Our Customer's God. And he, he starts off with a column with a, a story about how he's in this KFC and uh, this customer like spills their own drink and, and like the, the employee's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And like apologizing, even though it wasn't their own fault or something like that. And basically bending over backward, and then Sakurai is like questioning this kind of attitude, and is it really productive? Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so he kind of does tie it back in. Yeah, to... he, he does tie it usually back to gaming. Uh, there was one time I remember it was it was around the time uh, Smash for 3DS and Wii U with the DLC. Uh, it was just right. It was two weeks after a, a DLC DLC character came out, and we we're also excited to hear Sakurai's thoughts about this character and it ended up being about the food in final fantasy i literally had to <laughs> run uh 
like a kilometer because I think my bike like was dead at the time. I had to run a kilometer to like the store to get this web card in order to buy this Famitsu column. And it was just about food. And I was so upset and so angry because <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not interesting at all. Um, there's a lot of times where Sakurai talks about nothing um, or doesn't really say anything. I think part of it is because people tend to read into his comments a lot. And so yeah. he has a way of like doing this circular talk where he doesn't actually say anything or mean anything. He's just talking the talk. Right. So uh, That's interesting. I, but uh, I, since I've been translating his um, his work for uh, over five years, I'm pretty uh, familiar with his speaking style. And I feel mm. for pretty confident in, in translating his stuff usually. That's cool. I found it interesting when you noted that... Um that he's comment up and you felt the need to literally run to go and read it and translate it. So I yeah. guess you have that, that, that awkward thing that, that journalists have where you feel that if I'm not translating this and putting this up ASAP, mm-hmm. then I'm a failure. Like, then I, like I need to do it immediately. There, there was a, a trouble period in uh, source gaming's history where we had to basically rush translate uh, rush translations because other sites were competing with us and right. um, that led into a lot a whole host of problems because it, it increased the pressure on the staff uh, increased the pressure on me as, as well of mm-hmm. course um, and um, it you know eventually we had to cut down from full translations to bite-sized translations to you know now we're doing tweets because um, it just came to this place where it no longer made sense to do the full translations, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. just because, you know, they would take four hours. Uh, I, often I would stay awake until 4 a.m. Uh, translating oh, wow. these. And um, it just wasn't worth it because, you know, we didn't run ads on our translations or anything. We didn't make any money off of it because hmm. we, we felt like we were doing a service for the community. Um, yeah, that's crazy. And it's crazy that you still felt the need to to, to sort of have to get it up immediately and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, and then I, I guess even worse is yeah is how I've and I'm sure you have seen many times your work yep. sourced and stuff that just has simply not been credited. Yeah, um, all over the place. At the very least, credit. Um, I'm not asking for like a paycheck or anything like that. I, yeah, I'm just asking that people have the information to get to the original source because e- even now, like I'm doing research for digital gaming. I'm I'm looking up stuff for you know Mario Sunshine and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. a lot of the articles they're not properly sourced. They'll just say like, "Oh, it just came from a weekly Famitsu," but it's like, which weekly Famitsu did it come from? And I'll have to buy uh, uh, multiple Famitsu magazines in order to try to find out where this uh, article was originally sourced from. Right, and yeah. so it just has like a historian and like uh, feature proofing your content. It's it's so important to really source it and. Um, I'll, I'll admit, like some of my articles, they're not well sourced. Looking back on it, uh, some some of our translations and stuff like that, there's definitely room for improvement. Yeah, I guess that's the problem with with news sites in general is they're definitely not academically sourced. Yeah. It's not in the in the same way that you would for like an essay or even a Wikipedia mm-hmm. page. It's very much like just this site said this or this magazine said this, and that's it. Like it's, yeah. I guess it's 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 crediting for the sake of having to credit as opposed to do an academic sort of endeavor. Yeah. Uh, one, one, one issue that I remember uh, being a, a real problem back in the day, I think it's kind of calmed down a little bit 
is uh, sites uh, would source each other, but then it would create mm-hmm. like this uh, story that would eventually spiral out of control. So mm-hmm. uh, one particular example that I remember was this uh, this app that uh, launched on Google on uh, Android or, or iOS that allowed you to like uh, enslave Pokemon basically, and it was supposed to be like a mm-hmm. statement about like Pokemon as like a you know as a slave labor kind of thing sure. um but like the the story like if you'd go back from website to website to website it would eventually it was like spiraling out of control where it was like you know this these creators are making this huge political statement but if you look at the original intent it wasn't really like that mm. um so that's why i've always been like you know it's important to go back to the source try to go back to the primary source and and see what the original intent was uh because that's where the real story is and uh, this was a fight that I've been fighting way before we had the alt-right <laughs> in the United States. Oh, yeah. I mean, even even for me, um, currently just sort of tweeting news and stuff, yeah. obviously I read an awful lot of articles every day because of that, so I go through a lot. Yeah. And I will always try and link the original source, and yeah. that is harder than you would think sometimes. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, one site might say it came from this site, and then you click through, and it goes to through another site, another site, and another site. Whereas, like, one of the articles isn't just saying what the news originally came from they're just saying where they read it from (laughs) which isn't really the point um so you know i have to go through like these 10 links to originally get to the original source and the original source is just like an official company tweet or yeah or like a you know like a press release or or press release or something yeah it's just like okay (laughs) you don't need a source (laughs) of site when it's information from a press release but fine okay um yeah so that's i i guess i guess crediting um when journalists are crediting stuff they, they they're doing it friendliness towards their peers yeah. and for their readers that don't necessarily aren't necessarily interested in academic <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, background behind that source i suppose is, is is the reason behind that but it could definitely be better it could definitely be better yeah and i i think it has improved in the last couple of years um I, mm-hmm. I think there's been more of an effort to properly source and credit people um I, I think it's gotten a lot better. Um, I, I still check all the all the blogs and everything, and like you, I, I consume a lot of news every day. And um, mm. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's my perspective on life. I, I feel like it's gotten better. Yeah, I, I, I like to think so. Yeah, it's it's uh, even when the thing that I'm talking about, where they credit to a site and that site yeah. is credited from a site, they're not being intentionally. Yeah, they're not being intentionally mean or anything. They're just, you know, they're just. Yeah. They're trying to. They have to get through 10, 20, 30 news posts. Yeah, exactly. They like okay, they're overworked. Right, here, here's where it was from. You know, yeah. Um. So it's not through some sort of you know malicious or any. It's not malicious. Yeah. 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 Like you said, uh, a lot of people are just overworked or you know they're rushing to get fifty pieces of content in one day. It's uh yeah. things slide definitely. Yeah, I remember. Um, I think very recently actually you were tweeting about how um back in the day you once asked for advice on how to become a, a oh, games yeah. journalist <laughs> and uh i think liam robertson was like don't <laughs> yeah don't he's do the it. second person to pay bad <laughs> yeah um which i'm always it's obviously i'm not a full-time journalist anymore yeah still dabble in it but it's, but i will still get people that will dm me and be like how do i get into journalism and stuff mm-hmm. and it and there'll be people listening now that want to get into that and yeah. i i don't quite want to um to scare people away from it, just go, don't do it. It's awful. It pays bad. Don't get into mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, like realistically, 
the yeah. pay is quite bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a lot of luck involved to be able to get yeah. a, a decent role to get pay in the first place. And um, you will get crap from people online <laughs> yeah. so, for poor pay. So, and obviously that's not to say it's a, it's, it's not worth doing still, you know, people that are passionate about games yeah. and gaming journalism and stuff. There's a whole lot of fulfillment to come out of doing that, but it's just, yeah. Don't go into it if you're like, I want to earn lots of money. <laughs> yeah. I want a nice house. Don't become a games journalist. Yeah. Um, and like games journalists, I, I think it's a very difficult industry, like especially because um, it is a hobbyist industry, like games journalism. Mm. Uh, mm. But compared to other hobbyist industries, I, I feel like the support from the, the actual consumers aren't isn't there. Like um, I, I, I'm maybe I, I have... Um, a uh, different vision of what's the actual reality. But I feel like if you're like, uh, for example, a yacht, if you're writing about yachts, I feel like the people who would consume that media would pay more for that type of media. Um, mm. People who are writing about golf, um, I feel like they're, they would at least get paid a, a living wage with games journalism. I think a lot of gamers, like um, they expect the coverage to be free and mm. Uh, comprehensive and it's just not realistic because uh you know someone has to produce that content yeah yeah i think there's 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 definitely just a definite divide and i suppose that people don't want to say it but there is definitely a divide between games journalism and the readership in that i think the yeah. readership doesn't quite understand yeah. how it works and i don't mean that in a condescending way yeah, of, of yeah. Course, why would they they don't have to but um yeah I, I think they just don't understand how it works like there is when you see all the hate towards game journalists online mm-hmm. Um, which is obviously terrible, and all that abuse is, is awful and unjustifiable. Yeah, but they do seem to seriously believe that game journalists are paid very well, and that they mm-hmm. get all their games for free, and they just sit around playing games all day. And it's yeah. like, well, if that's what you think, if that's what you think, of course you're going to feel a kind of crappy towards yeah. <laughs> towards game journalists. And I, I, I'm not, I have no solutions to offer. I don't know how to fix that, but um. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to me whenever the week's worth of hatred towards a game journalist goes. And I'm sure even with your work, you got people that were crappy with you when you were translating stuff for free. Mm-hmm. I, I can only think of two, two, two major instances of that happening. Um, so for a long, long time, I didn't translate this uh, particular soccer column that was about Sonic joining uh, Super Smash Bros. Brawl. And like I said, you know, would go back and translate the old ones as well. And I, I had mentioned it offhanded uh, at some point in, in Source Gaming's career. And there's this one particular individual who would just comment like every three days being like, where's the son- Sonic translation? Where's the Sonic translation? And I, I got so annoyed with that person that I, I actually just canceled. I, I just like, I'm not doing it for a year. I'm not doing it for half a year because, you know, screw that person. Uh, they can't tell me what to do kind of thing. Like, I, I'm doing this for free. Like, fuck them. Uh, so uh, there's that. And then um, the time with the the Grinch leak uh, that happened with uh, Smash Ultimate, the uh, mm. the fake Grinch hoax, uh, that, that, that was a little bit uh, terrible just because I wasn't even adamantly against the Grinch leak. Like, I was just like, eh, it's probably not real. Uh, just because I saw how much hatred other people have gotten for saying you know come out against it and i was just like mm-hmm. i'm done with this like I, i'm done with that um yeah because you know people were so pissed at me because i supported uh box theory i'm not sure how familiar you are if you uh so basically before smash ultimate's final roster was revealed there was a special edition that was um put up online 
and two sides of the of the box were, were revealed and it showed like half the character roster um, alternating on presumably the other side of the box and that led into this huge debate because if uh, since you had half of the pattern you could see that there's only going to be two more uh, characters for the base roster mm-hmm. uh, based on on the positioning and the numbering of, of squares and stuff like that and, and symmetry and stuff like that and um, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I, I think this is just a marketing oversight, but there's probably only two characters left. We should probably temper our expectations. And people just hated me for that <laughs> for, mm. for several weeks. But um, I, I, it wasn't as bad as, as some of the other people had gotten. That's good. That's good to hear. Because, I, I mean, I've always felt that, um, you know, the Smash community in, in, in particular being so passionate and yeah. there being this constant... Uh, interest and hype in which character is next that there might be some of that there um, yeah but, but that's good to hear that you mostly have managed I've, to avoid yeah i would say um i'm pretty lucky I, I feel like my fans um they at least um i don't know if i've just pushed away everyone else but um i feel like they've kind of um expect this kind of like you know back and forth um most of the people that i interact with on a daily basis are, are extremely pleasant um, I, I love interacting with people on Twitter and and Instagram and stuff like that. Um, so I, I mm. feel very fortunate that um, kind of the audience that um, that has found me ha- has been really positive to me so far. That's that's good. That's good to hear. And I suppose a lot of that is also because um, you know your 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 posts are sort of uh, translations or in depth research or very yeah. academic, as opposed to like news. Here's a news headline. So it's like. You yeah. know, people that are finding your content are probably more, more hardcore, uh, more hardcore, I suppose, like more, yeah, more hardcore and, and more interested, you know, they're yeah. not the game, they, they hear for sort of more detailed sort of research and translation and stuff. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, yeah, makes sense. I suppose moving on to the, to the work you do for Digino Gaming at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I guess you'll have to excuse me, my, my ignorance here. So are you, are, are you researching? Are you, are you writing for episodes? Um, so um, I mainly do research and writing. I do a lot of uh, support for episodes, even that I'm not writing on where I'll mm-hmm. uh, look through and, and see what's been written in Japanese and try to find information on the, on the Japanese side of the web, because um, I found this out with a uh, smash, but Oftentimes, like you'll have completely different sets of facts with Japanese and English, and mm. so trying to merge those and, and being like, okay, this is what is actually being said, or here's what has evidence uh, for, uh, is really important. And so the, uh, I do that with uh, different topics for digital gaming, uh, and then I have produced a couple of videos for digital gaming in the past as well, uh, like Adobe Premiere, um, making the actual video. Oh, okay. I'm terrible at that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, quite hard. <laughs> it's, it's it takes a long time. Yeah, I think people underestimate how difficult it is to make. Vi- I I just in my head I'm like, okay, I'm obviously just not gonna be able to make videos. Like I know that that's not something I can personally do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, cool, very very good. Obviously, um, like I, as I'm sure many people listen to this, watch um pretty much every Digital Gaming episode. Um, yeah. so, so I'm sure but- I frequently listen to a lot of your work. The episodes that I'm um, particularly proud of are um, the biography episodes. So I did one on um, Eiji Aonuma. I did one on Satoshi uh, Tajiri and uh, Koji Kondo, actually, as well. 
mm-hmm. and I have another one in the works that uh, hopefully will come out sometime soon. Ooh. Very nice. Yeah, I like those. I I, I love those. Um, what I like about um, your work and digital gaming in general mm-hmm. is, you know, it's so easy to sort of gather like oft shared facts about things that are just yeah. around. Um, you know, if it you you will have some not not this channel obviously, but you will have some videos on more generic channels where it's just like ten facts about this, and you read mm-hmm. it, and it's like, did you know that Zelda isn't the main character of Zelda? Like, it's just like okay, <laughs> yeah, very like shallow. Um, uh, yeah, it's just like things you could find on a trivia website, you know. Yeah. But the the great thing about your 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 work specifically, and did you know in general, is I like to pride myself as knowing quite a lot about video games but Mm. with every video that i watch on that channel there is almost certainly one usually more um pieces of information or facts that i simply was not aware of in 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 any given video um Mm. so yeah clearly a lot of work is done on those and it isn't just it isn't just like here's some random trivia it's like properly done properly researched like really good content yeah um around the time that i joined uh digital gaming full-time there was also another individual, uh, Dr. Lava, who joined uh, full-time as well. Oh, sweet. And he also does uh, script writing, research, and uh, he also handles the social media accounts. Awesome. I mean, it's good to hear that there are like people whose who's, who's jobs it is for that channel is to do the research and to do the writing and stuff. Because yeah. I guess a lot of people watching this m- wouldn't know the format of that show. And they might just, oh, maybe it's like one person and they get some voice actors and other YouTubers mm-hmm. occasionally voice and stuff, but no, it's like a full on, like people are really re- researching and writing this stuff. Yeah. It, it's a, I mean, the channel has 2.3 million subscribers and mm. uh, some of the videos they get uh, well over 300,000 views. So mm. uh, I think it's definitely sustainable to have like this yeah. whole staff and people dedicate to, you know, making the videos, people dedicate to researching and people dedicate to production and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome to see something like that work. And mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> sort of when we, when we are talking about video games journalism and how, you know, in, in all honesty, some of that isn't very sustainable at the moment yeah. with, with that, you know, through the traditional model with, um, uh, at the ad revenue for, for, for yeah. websites and stuff. Um, and that's kind of how, that's my background is that traditional journalism but mm-hmm. then you look at channels like digital gaming and it's like okay this is clearly yeah this is clearly like the future of like video game journalism it's like this this more video content based stuff um yeah yeah i i think um like a lot a lot has already shifted t- towards the video like um market like with um source gaming that's one of my biggest regrets is not getting into youtube sooner because i feel like we could have um you know we we should have had banded written articles and and stuff way longer than we sh- than uh than we had just because mm. uh you know there's there's no you hit a, a cap very quickly with written work unfortunately mm. and with video content it's a little bit easier for people cons- to consume um they can you know watch it while they're going to work they don't really have to put their brain on you know um they don't have to really mm-hmm. think about it um so it's it's easier for them um, I think there's there's a lot of issues still with um, reaching you know people with uh, certain disabilities because um, video content can be very difficult for people with uh, certain disabilities to to consume and mm. also uh, foreign languages. Um, a lot of times uh, people will you know browse the web on Google Translate and um, uh, those those types that type of audience is kind of missed with video. 
Right. Yeah, they're interesting, um, unique challenges, I suppose, and hopefully, yeah. um, hopefully, there will be some way to overcome those. Um, yeah, like YouTube has gotten a lot better at um, auto captioning, at least. Yeah, yeah, it is getting better. Yeah, and the auto translate uh, is is getting better and better. Hmm. Still not perfect, yeah. but <laughs> it's getting better. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know, yeah, in the very least now I can understand at least the context of of a video that I'm translating. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas years ago, if it was like a, a you know like a Spanish video or something, then I've got no chance. It's just it or it translates as nonsense. Uh, but it's yeah. definitely getting better. It definitely is, which is really good because it can kind of expand the content that I take on. Um, you know, like recently I've been trying to dip into a lot more um like Spanish content creators and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Because the whole like the Spanish language, uh, like content creator crowd, it's it's so huge, like it's it's so big, and there's yeah. so many there's so many skilled and, and, and great people in that community. So I've been trying to sort of do that a bit more. But obviously, as you say, like I I, um, I sadly don't know Spanish, so I'm having to or translate <laughs> stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, hopefully hopefully that sort of tech improves so that you know other channels and and Digital Gaming's channel can kind of grow i think um on this day that we're recording there was like a, a spanish uh content creator who had a skin in fortnite is that correct yes uh, yeah the grefk and, yep and he broke yeah. like the record for most concurrent viewers on twitch yeah absolutely smashed it um yeah. so for, for for context um he was he was revealing a new fortnite skin based on himself in the game and it had <laughs> Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but something like 2.4 million concurrent members at its peak That's on Twitch. Insane. <laughs> and by contrast, the hugely reported, much more widely reported story about Ninja and Drake yeah. playing Fortnite in 2018 had like less than four times that many views, mm -hmm. um, which is just crazy. But it's something that like I, I feel it's working person. My full time job is obviously in PR. Yeah. Um, I've known for a very long time that Spanish language content creators are honking massive. Yeah. <laughs> like if like it's it's crazy. Like not even just in terms of their subscribers and their views, but their actual engagement. Um mm. getting into the boring stuff now, but like if I was to give a Spanish YouTuber with three hundred thousand subscribers mm -hmm. a game sample and I was to give PewDiePie a game sample, mm. I bet you I would get more sales out of the <laughs> the Spanish yeah. language three hundred <laughs> sub guy. Um so it's just like I, 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 I'd love to know why. I don't know why, but it's just it's just a huge thing with a mm -hmm. highly engaged audience at the moment. And um, yeah, as is proof with with the Gref on on Twitch, yeah. um, it is it is. And Brazil only recently got like an official release of the Switch. Mm -hmm. Only recently oh, got yeah. it in their Very market. Um, I mean, they were getting it in through, through you know, they were yeah. playing them because they were getting Imported. it through other means. But yeah. yeah, but it's crazy that there wasn't an official release before then. And Nintendo Brazilian YouTubers are massive and yeah. on Instagram and other platforms, just huge. Um, yeah, it's like a whole other world that is, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, uh, with my with my work with uh, Q Games, I'm starting to uh, look into that a lot more because that's also something mm -hmm. that I'm not very... Uh, familiar with and I, i'm pretty impressed with how how big this side of the web is that um like you said is is very underreported and very almost unknown i i guess it kind of goes back to my earlier point where i said like the japanese web and the english web kind of sometimes have very different information about video games mm -hmm. um i i guess uh it's it's fair to say that it's like that with every language there is actually you know, yeah the Spanish web, there is the the Portuguese web, there is the English web. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been trying to sort of like open 
myself up to more events yeah. that I'm kind of taking in a lot more. Because as you say, it's it's just very different. Like the, the gaming cultures are different. Mm-hmm. How they take and report news is different. What they're interested in is different. How they engage is different. Yeah. Just as a through personal interest and obviously through my influence and marketing work, like it's it's just very interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot, and the same with a lot of different European countries. Like they they're so highly engaged. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's yeah. I find, I'm yeah. not sure if this is interesting or listening, but I find it very interesting <laughs> that there's, there's these like huge markets that people wouldn't really consider, and their engagements are crazy high. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. very recently um, for the podcast I run with uh, Ben Bertoli, it's called Memory Card. Mm. We did an episode um, uh, centered around uh, Goose uh, Rodriguez, I think is his last name. He was a uh, editor for Club Nintendo, uh, based in Mexico, and mm-hmm. that guy was super popular he's basically basically the the reggie uh the uh, uh reggie of uh of mexico of latin america oh, wow. and um super well known super well beloved and um i think we were the first uh english podcast to actually cover him and mm-hmm. um you know just the outpouring support from the spanish community when we did the episode was was really amazing mm. yeah it's it's yeah, the, the Spanish speaking community in the gaming is is um, huge. Like, yeah. I, I'm sure most people, and I'll be honest myself, didn't know anything about him <laughs> to, yeah. until you just mentioned it. And as you say, he's like a huge, he's like a Reggie kind of like level. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Very interesting. I've been very, I've been very recently, just literally very recently, starting listening to Memory Card Show actually while I work. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's a very good, it's a, it's a very good show for me to sort of put on and, and sort of listen to while I'm working during the day. So I'll definitely be, um, doing more of that how many episodes have you got out currently um on that? we're on the fifth season now so oh, wow. okay each season has um somewhere between six to eight episodes i think for this uh fifth season we'll be doing um at least 10 episodes uh including the bonus episodes oh brilliant yeah um yeah and people should definitely go check that out like that's um much like all of your work like it's super interesting there's loads of stuff even so far that i, I wasn't aware of um mm-hmm. lots of interesting topics yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm enjoying that i'm uh, i am yeah. doing that thing i have to do where i'm listening to podcasts while i'm working where yeah my mind will just be focused on work and i have to like rewind <laughs> it by five minutes like 10 times just to re-listen to the same bit um mm-hmm. but yeah it's, it's 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 really good stuff um people should go listen to it shouldn't they yeah, with uh, with memory card, like I'm basically allowed to do an episode on whatever I, I feel like, which is mm. uh, an awesome thing and also a terrible thing because sometimes it's super niche and super obscure, and is people are just like, wait, why'd you do an episode on this? <laughs> well, that's cool though. It's, it's I, yeah. I always like when I like um, YouTube series and and and, sh- and shows like yours. What I, I like to think of them as being like an encyclopedia of that specific thing that they're doing. Yeah. So with you know with you it's like gaming history with uh boundary break she says on youtube he's like the mm-hmm. and it's like sometimes you've got to do the popular stuff and sometimes you've got to do the stuff that no one yeah. cares about but for the sake of just reporting on it's like I, and i yeah. found all of it interesting <laughs> even you know even with someone like boundary break if i'm watching episodes i will watch episodes of games i've never played just because mm-hmm. i find it interesting and um you know likewise with your show i'm sure there'll be topics that don't really specifically speak out to me but i'll listen to it anyway and find it very interesting um yeah mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you do that <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, um, I really want to um, to do more episodes, like trying to contact uh, connect uh, content creators and uh, the game creators together, because I feel like that's mm. a bridge that hasn't really been. Um, I don't. I don't think that's something that's been really well explored, 
and something mm. um, that was kind of lost um, from the transition from traditional media to new media. Yeah, it's like you know, you know, back in the day, like um, they had like the games journalists, and and you know, they had all this access, and you'd see these full, huge, long interviews with um, you know various content creators, and they, and they became superstars from that. Um, mm. And I, I feel like nowadays you don't really have that that personal connection to the, uh, a lot of these content creators. Uh, not not just content creators, but uh, video game creators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that that'd be good. Yeah, there is definitely that. There is definitely that divide, as if it hasn't fully moved over yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. People should go check that out. Go check out. I'll, I'll finish this. Yeah. But then after that, <laughs> go 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 check out Memory Card Show. Um, there's some good stuff there. Um, yeah. I guess bef- before before I end up wrapping up, I do want to quickly talk about Pixel Junk. Um, yeah. So you, you or Q Games, um, mm-hmm. so you've how long is it you've been with them now? I joined at the end of November, right before uh, Pixel Junk Eden Two launched on the Nintendo Switch. Oh, so r- straight into it then? straight into it. That's the best way. Sometimes you can find you kind of learn the ropes a bit easier that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's that was great news for me personally when I heard that you that you joined um, Q Games because this is going to sound like I'm 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 licking your boots a bit, but <laughs> genuinely, I've I've been a, a fan of um, the Pixel Junk games for a, a, a very very long time. Um, yeah, you know, back on back on the PS3 days, um, Pixel Junk Monsters adored it. It's my all time mm-hmm. favorite tower defense game. Like, my partner is a non gamer. Mm-hmm. And Monsters One and Two, those are two of maybe ten games I've ever got him to sit and play through. With oh, me. Really? I don't know why, but for some reason he was into it, and we like aced it. <laughs> we did like he's a non-gamer, and together we like aced it. We did like every difficulty mm-hmm. mode, um, you know, f- fully 100% both games, and adored them. Uh, Pixel Junk Shooter Ultimate um, mm-hmm. is sincerely in my top ten games ever. Like I just mm-hmm. genuinely in my top ten. Um, Such a great game. It's, it's 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 so good <laughs> it's genuinely it's one of those games that for christmas i will occasionally buy people um mm. on, on psn and stuff like I, I have for my siblings um and then they just fall in love with it like people just 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 like it it is it is crazy good like it is upsettingly good um <laughs> and uh and and even like back in gosh even back in the playstation home days when there was that uh that pixel junk mm. yeah like we had that connection play. Yeah, I, I liked because I liked PlayStation Home back in the day. I don't care yeah. what you say, I enjoyed it. I, I did too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I so I was hanging around at the picture junk place sometimes. I you know walk around my little out in my little suit outfit and stuff. I, I enjoyed PlayStation Home, even though it was a bit mm-hmm. silly. Um, so yeah, like I've always been a, a, a big fan of picture junk, and um, especially with uh, as I say, like especially like Shooter Ultimate is mm-hmm. is just up there. Like that is, and and the monster games are they are so good. And um, I, they received well, and I'm sure they sell well and stuff. But but I, I, even then, I still feel that they don't get the recognition they deserve. They are, um, yeah. they're good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, when I joined uh, Q Games, I was so stoked that actually the first title I was working on was uh, Pixel Junk Eden too, because I was mm. a really big fan of Pixel Junk Eden for the PS3. And so mm-hmm. you know, getting a chance to work on the sequel was just like amazing opportunity for me. So. I was, really stoked i was like yes the first game i get to work on is is, is actually a game that i really care about and i, have, yeah. I feel very yeah. fortunate about that yeah that's awesome to sort of jump in straight away on, on some hype i am um, i have the um 
I think it was maybe it was North American, maybe it's Japan only. I don't remember. But there was a PS3 like Pixel Junk three in one release that's oh, going yeah. for like two hundred pounds on eBay now. But it's on my buy list. So I'm just mm-hmm. just because I want physical like to, I I need physical releases of of those games. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like probably going to dip on that. Um, I think. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on this, but I think it was UK only. Um, was it UK or, only or something? Or maybe it was US only. It was. It was definitely a region exclusive. I'm, literally, I'm so geeky. I have a spreadsheet of all the mm-hmm. games I need to buy. It was apparently Japan only. I might be wrong though. That's oh, okay. Spreadsheet might be wrong. Um, but yeah, now it goes for like silly money. Um, yeah. But I, I, I need I need that. Oh. But yeah, yeah, that. But I I guess that's the only physical release that um that I think uh, I can't remember which games were on. I think Racer Eden mm-hmm. was on it. Um, so I need yeah. that. Um, yeah, Racer <laughs> I think was only through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's obviously you're you're still I suppose relatively new to to the Q mm-hmm. games, but um, it must be really cool to be working to be working with them now. Yeah. Um, it feels very weird because, like, right now, um, I'm still working from home, so I'm yeah, I'm very fortunate where I I'm in a position where I don't have to leave my house ever. Um, unfortunately, I spend a lot of time on the computer <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm basically working uh, one and a half jobs right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's um, it, it like I went to the Q Games office for the first time um, about two weeks ago, and that's that's when oh, it right. really felt real because i was like oh yeah i'm actually an employee here like i feel like <laughs> i i'm actually you know belong in here and, and i can actually contribute and and, and stuff like that um mm. so i'm very excited to um to continue working with them and also when covid actually calms down and we can kind of return to some sense of uh normalcy and looking forward mm. to actually going back to work in the office awesome oh so you will be like full to well you'll be in the office um, when the, when all this lifts then yeah that'll be good yeah as you say that'll make it seem a lot more real i suppose um mm-hmm. yeah awesome well I, i'm super genuinely looking forward to um whatever q games pixel junk yeah. puts out in the future genuinely a big fan this year is going to be a, a big year i can't say too much about it but uh it's yeah. the you know 20th anniversary of q games this year actually oh wow wow so um looking for ways to to celebrate that i, I think uh people should be excited awesome Right here, here, here's my pitch. Here's my pitch: <laughs> shoot a shoot a shooter ultimate physical release, please, and some merch, please. There we go. Say no more. <laughs> that's that's what I want. Those. Oh, I still need to buy the um because obviously there is a store actually, isn't there? I need to buy the yeah. um the little tiki man plush. Mm-hmm. Um, I need that. I need that in my life. Um, I wanted to buy the the little turrets, but I'm terrible at painting. So. Oh yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say that. Yeah, we have that those little figurines as well. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I'm I'm super excited to continue working with Q Games, and um, also uh, st- I'm still doing digital gaming, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, doing both of them. I, I feel very fortunate to be in this position. Yeah, absolutely. It must be very busy work, but I suppose very rewarding um, that you're doing mm-hmm. sort of uh, like two completely different sides of the th- like journalism and research, and then also yeah. like PR and all that com stuff. So um, yeah. Um, I mean, well, say for me, I suppose. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'd I, say that I, you're, I like you're dabbling a bit. Yeah, you're you're in a very uh, similar position to me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, doing the PR stuff full time, but then still dabbling about in the journalism stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it's good, it's very rewarding, and um, yeah, it is. Pigs Q Games genuinely awesome company. So that's that's awesome. 
Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I guess I will let you go and live your life. Obviously, you're in Japan, <laughs> so it's actually quite late there, and it is lunchtime here. <laughs> yeah. um, but thank you so much for chatting to me. Like genuinely, like uh, I've been a big fan of a lot of the stuff you've done for years, and will be continuing going on um, with digital gaming and and pixel junk stuff. So yeah, th- thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me, and I'm um, I'm happy that we had a chance to talk like this. Absolutely, yes, yeah, it's, it's a long time coming, and yeah. and then I will. I, I'm sure privately, whenever more Q game stuff happens, I will jump in your DMs and be like, oh my god, this has happened, and yeah. get get super hyped about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, before I do that, do you want to tell people where they can find you? So, um, if you if you type in uh, push dust in on um, Google, it'll it'll pull up my um, Twitter and Instagram, so you can follow me there. And also, I do work on digital gaming and Q games. So, uh, hopefully, if you see something yeah. good that you like, it's it's me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, just take it. That was good. That was me. That one. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll put all those links in the uh, description wherever you're listening to this as well. Um, yeah. So, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you so much for everyone for listening. I will catch you all next time. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Toad on Games podcast. I genuinely appreciate it so, so much. It is an absolute honour to be able to speak to everyone working in the industry on a weekly basis, telling their stories and sharing their experiences, and it's a, it's a genuine honour. And if you do want to back this podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash toadsanime. I know it's detrimental to say, but I always want to. Um, I do not financially depend on the Patreon, it just helps me make it feel like what I'm doing isn't a waste of time. Um, So there are absolutely better things you can be putting your money towards, and please do so. But if you do back it, whether it's a dollar or three dollars, I am more grateful than you will ever know. And of course, in turn, you get a shout out at the end of every single weekly episode, and also early access to each episode. So instead of getting it publicly on the Monday, you will get it on a Friday through Patreon with a listening link there. So do make sure, if you are backing, that you head there every Friday evening about 6pm to listen to the latest episode early. So for those backing, I will be naming you all. I am using the Patreon name that you have on your account, by the way. If you do want to be named something different, please tell me or or change your name on Patreon. I'm literally just reading through the relationship manager list I have. Thank you so much to KM, Nathan, Romy Halfweek, David Jarrett, Andy Jones, Kamal Perlher, Farfew Giants, Robert Cathels, James Coop, Thomas, Francesco Limus, EMH Richard, Corey Class, Chris Wood, Gregory Phillips, Lee Chapman, Stephen, Andy Robertson, Gregory Kroll, Joe Sheedy, and Ryan Winter. Thank you so, so much, all of you. It means more than you will ever know. And I will catch you all on the next episode. Bye for now.